On today's Midcourt Madness, Biggs, the transfer portal is heating up. It's on fire, John. Yes, and there's plenty of players moving around. There's some big, uh, big-time commitments, some coaching changes. Um, just a lot of action going on. The college basketball hot stove is in full effect right now. And, and uh, Rothstein says we sleep in May, so it better hurry up and get over with in the next week. There's, there's a lot of players that need to make decisions then. Yeah, because I'm tired. Same. Yeah. All right, let's get into it. All right, John. Hot stove can't wait. Season never ends. College basketball season ended a couple of weeks ago. Hashtag sad. But the transfer portal is in full effect. Player movement is all over the place. This train is like on the tracks. I don't know other analogies that I can make. So let's just get right into our our winners and losers for the week. Um, I've got a winner for you, and I want to I want to keep keep the train going with the transfer portal idea. And you know they're talking now about. How not only do you have to, you don't, not, life is so difficult for these college coaches, right? We weep for these millionaires uh, as they have to, they have to do this tough college coaching job that nobody wants, not even NBA coaches. They don't, they, they scoff at the idea of being a basketball coach because not only do you have to recruit 16, 17, 18 year olds, you have to recruit now the transfer portal. You, you also have to recruit your own team. I was going to say, you have to re-recruit. You have to re-recruit. Yes. And is there a team that's re-recruited, recruited, and transfer recruited better than Indiana so far in the young offseason of college hoops? I know you're going to drop a lot of knowledge on me here, but I know Christian Lander had put his name in the portal a few weeks ago and came back. Yep. Um, and I'm just going to lead you in with that. Okay. I like that because Christian Lander is one of the one of the prime names. Uh, he was an original. He was a five star who would have been a. He he was one of the guys who who reclassified into the 2020 class. He would have been a 2021 recruit. So he would have been a, he would have been like a legit top 10, top 15 caliber five-star kid who would have been a freshman next season, reclassified, had a ho-hum freshman year, uh, really came off the bench, didn't really get a lot of minutes. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a, a big-time breakout guy. I think they've said that before. Generally, these five-star guys, like, they reclass, and unless it's, unless it's R.J. Barrett or Marvin Bagley, or Anthony Edwards, I think he reclassed. Let's just say he did. You know, they struggle in their freshman year. You know, uh, like Kyra Lewis, who was a first-round pick um, by the Pelicans, played at Alabama before uh, before Nate Oates got there. Uh, uh, he reclassed, and then he st- he stuck around. He wasn't particularly good as a freshman, though. He he was he was inefficient, struggled with the shot, and then he got bigger and stronger, adapted to the game. You know that works, right? Uh, Lander didn't, his freshman year was a lot worse, but I could see him having a, he kind of goes from like a, a low end kind of bench guy to a, a really big breakout player in the, in the conference next year. Getting him back was key. Do you think it's a coaching change thing? Do you think that having Mike Woodson instead of, I can't even think of his name off the top of my head right now. Archie? Archie, Archie Miller. Do you think that's going to be the difference maker or no? Uh, maybe. I mean, uh, no, not really. I would have predicted he has a breakout under Archie too. I just think, I mean, maybe, maybe it's, uh, maybe he goes from like, he, he, uh, he reaches 80% of his potential maybe in the, in the year with Archie where maybe now he's up to 90% with, with Mike Woodson or where I'm coming up with these percentages, math and math and science. You're good at math. 
art and yeah. uh, band were not really my thing. I, I played no. the saxophone. And Did every, you actually? Yeah. Every time there were three of us that played the saxophone and, and every time we're playing music and we get lost, the signal to, to the three of us, if, if one of us was lost, like while we're reading the notes and stuff, start playing hot cross buns. I have no idea what that means. Hot, hot. Cr- hot cross buns? <laughs> hot cross buns. Hot cross buns. One a penny, two a penny. Hot so you were playing buns. that a lot. Yes. <laughs> we got really good at playing hot cross buns. And our, our music instructor, I don't know if she knew. I like to think we were so sneaky that she didn't. I'm sure she noticed. Yeah, she had to because there were multiple times where the song would stop and we're in the middle of finishing. One a penny, two a penny, <laughs> hot cross buns. Anyways, where was I at here? Uh, we're talking about Indiana, and I know you talk about Christian Landers. That's right. Okay, so I think I think getting him back in the portal uh, from the portal, big pickup. But I'm sure they've gotten other people. You're not you're not picking them as your big winner of the week with just Christian Landers. Not 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 just Christian Landers. Okay. Okay. Not only do they get they got the best player arguably in the Big Ten back. Uh, he didn't enter the portal, but didn't enter the draft either. And in this, and in this, uh, this movement-based college basketball world, Trace Jackson Davis, yep, coming back to Indiana, he was like uh, viewed as a potential one and done going into his freshman season a couple years ago. Was good, and it's not like he's ever been bad. He was like a borderline All-American guy this last year. Was very solid. He's back. That gives that he's going to be probably up there with with Hunter Dickinson as like. Everybody's favorite for probably Big Ten Player of the Year. Getting him back, huge recruiting win for a coach in Mike Woodson, who who the questions were, is he going to want to recruit? Okay, he averaged nineteen and nine, stud, right? Um, Al Durham, another guy, entered the portal, I believe, right after the season, and upon Mike Woodson getting hired back, is back. Al Durham, one of their starting guards. He's uh, the other, the one guard that they did lose, Armand Franklin, going to your Virginia Cavaliers. Uh, so that's a bummer. But you get not only do you get Durham, you get um, you get Christian Lander, and you got Race Thompson, another forward, mm-hmm. starting starting kind of power forward type, really good glue guy. He entered the portal, and he's back at Indiana. So they got three out of their four guys, and their top guy who didn't enter the portal but could have entered the draft reasonably. That's the kind of stuff that I'm not going to say Indiana is going to be a national title favorite, but generally when teams do really well going deep into the tournament. It's not because they've got superstar, five-star recruits coming in. It's because they have familiarity with each other. They've got continuity, and they've got guys who reasonably could leave and go to the next level and opt to come back. That so, doesn't happen a lot, but but getting those guys back is huge. So, Biggs, I'm looking at their record here. I see they're 12-15 and 15 this past season, 10th in the Big Ten, failed to make the tournament. Yeah. Do you think – what do you think this pushes them to? Well, not only do they get a lot of their guys back and their continuity is going to get better – They've also added three graduate or three transfers in the last week or, or, or in recent weeks. Uh, that should should be a big boon to their uh, to their rotation. Miller Cop, yeah. talk about a name, right? That's a great name. Swingman out of Northwestern, a that, transfer, that's, uh, that's, a Big Ten on Big Ten transfer. There, making two last trip. names though. Can you trust them? Or, or wait, with last names, do you is it is it first names or last? Names? Is it does like last it. names mean that you? Fall victim to overtrusting. He's too dependable. Yeah, and that means he's not able to break the game enough. True. Maybe that, I think that's what I'm going with. Okay, Miller Cop then is just too dependable. But I think with Indiana, you need some dependability. Miller Cop was a was a was a solid uh, scoring wing for Northwestern. Good shooter, mm-hmm. not a great player. He's not. I mean, with Northwestern, he was like their probably second best player or you know, top kind of a headliner type. 
with this team, he can slide into more of a natural role where he's where he's used as kind of a shooter, um, you know, rebound a little bit, play some defense. He's more of a role player, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they added Parker Stewart, who uh, was going to transfer from UT Martin. He opted out of this past season, and then when they fired their coach, when they fired Miller, Stewart entered the portal. So he's thinking, well, I'm not I'm not going to Indiana anymore. And he does. So he's back. He averaged 19 a game and like seven rebounds at UT Martin a couple years ago. Another guy who crushed it at a smaller league. He's probably not going to be like a headline feature guy, but another piece that can really benefit your squad. Mm-hmm. And then their most, and then their recent pickup that they added aside from Miller Cop was Pittsburgh starting point guard Xavier Johnson. Mm-hmm. You know, Pittsburgh hasn't been particularly. So they're going to have some depth this year. Yeah, they're going to have a lot of depth and, and a lot of pieces. You kind of look at all three of them independently. Okay, they're good players on bad teams. What's that mean? Maybe they can't be the best player on your team, but if they're but in, instead of being guy number two, if Xavier Johnson, maybe he's guy number three or four at Indiana. Mm-hmm. Miller Cobb, instead of being guy number two on a bad Northwestern team, he's guy number like six in Indiana. Um, that's really solid. And now yeah. if you've got seven, eight playable guys along with your continuity, mm-hmm. cooking with gas. So like they're we're not saying they're gonna be a or you're not saying this is all your point. I'm I'm not taking your point away here but they're not necessarily a national contender are they big 10 title contender level well there's so much there's so much movement still to be happening yeah. right i mean michigan state we don't really know you know some of i mean they're they're going to be good but they've lost some pieces and then also there's this kind of looming if imani bates decides to reclassify up a level he's the type of reclassification player who could make an impact right away he's the yep. number one rated recruit in 2022 if he comes in, Michigan State jumps up. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Michigan's got some work to do. I, I, I would be very surprised if they don't pick up a transfer or something. Um, but yeah, I would think with with the roster they got and what you project, I mean, a lot again, a lot. The, the caveat here is that a ton can change over the course of a matter of days, like mm-hmm. Indiana, case in point. But with the roster they got, why can't they be like a top four team in the Big Ten? Yeah, you know, okay. and, and a legitimate tournament team. A top four team in the Big Ten is probably a, a legitimate, you know, second weekend caliber squad. And, and you've got a ton of high-end talent with with Jack, with Jackson Davis now as a junior. Uh, and some of these guards now are upperclassmen. I think that's huge. That's how you build a championship roster. Yeah, absolutely. Boom, that's my winner. All right. How about you? So my big winner, Biggs, is simply bracketology. Because Joe Lunardi on this must have been two three days ago, so we'll say we'll just say April twentieth, um, your favorite day, obviously. But came out with the first bracketology for next season, Biggs. What do you think his state of mind was on this day where he comes out with this bracket? Like, how high do you have to be to be like, you know what? Well, that's great. That let's project a bracket. That's great on four twenty. Now I'm just gonna look. Let's see when it did come out. I hope it was 420. It was 420. 7.30 a.m. He was getting after it early, too. Wow. Do you think he slept the night before? Probably not. We sleep in May. Yeah. <laughs> but if you were to t- guess right now, and don't look at my monitor over there, okay. who are the four number one seeds? UCLA. Yep. Gonzaga. Yep. Duke. Nope. Tennessee. Nope. Villanova. Nope. Are they being disrespected? Villanova should be a one seed. The other two, though. Arkansas? Close. Alabama. Okay. And then Kansas. Okay. Yeah. Sure. A lot, a lot of hype on that Joseph Yusefi transfer from Drake. Yeah. Yeah. First college named after a Canadian rap star. 
<laughs> um, yeah, where is Villanova on here, by the way? Do you see them? They're a two seed. Okay, not not too much disrespect. And then also a two seed who you've been poo-pooing on that I am high on next year. I've always said they're one year too early this year, right? Purdue is a two mm. seed on here. Boiler so up. They are getting their respect. Joe Lunardi agrees with me um, that, you know, death, pa- death taxes Matt Painter as their mm. coach. Okay. Travion Williams. <laughs> yeah. Travion Williams. I do like Travion Williams. Oh, me too. He's Jay and Ivy coming back. I think Sasha Stefanovic, their shooter's coming back as well. Eric Hunter. I mean, their whole yeah. team's back, I think. Yeah. Um, Zach Eady, another big guy who was a freshman, didn't get a ton of playing time, but he's not small. Yeah. Seven for four. So yeah, that's my big winner is Purdue basketball. I thought you said bracketology was your big But also Purdue. You get to it, oh, it, Purdue it, it's getting a one a, a, It's a one A and one B, Biggs. All right, we get yeah, we get to break down Joe. Let's break down Joe Lunardi's April bracket for 2021. Yeah, who's no, too hot? 2022. Yeah, who who is just on the outs here? First four out, Wichita State. BYU, Colorado, Boise State. Wow. I have no idea who plays for any of those teams. No, me neither. <laughs> no. Picking Wisconsin not to make the tournament just feels bold, though. I know. They're always also the team. having Creighton is interesting. Wisconsin's a team that outside. Western is a last form by. Are you serious? Yeah, they were terrible this year. Yeah. yeah. They had any transfers? Probably not. Nobody wants to go to Northwestern. <laughs> but Wisconsin's a team, I feel like, outside of those two years where uh, Kaminsky was a junior and senior. And they're like one seeds. They're always like in that. You can just pencil them into that four to eight seed range. Yeah, hundred percent. No higher, no lower. Every single year, people think that they're going to be bad, and then they're good. It's like the Spurs for the longest time. Everyone yeah. was like, "The Spurs are going to. This is the year." Yeah. Uh, okay. No. 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 The, no. This is the year now. Mm-hmm. Oh, it wasn't last year. It's this year. It actually kind of happened last year. <laughs> well, last year doesn't count. That's true. It's yeah. COVID. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's my big winner, Biggs. And then my big loser. Okay. And. You're going to be confused when I say this. All right. My big loser, people who eat breakfast and then also have air conditioning and heat in their vehicles. I was wondering if you if we were going to talk about this. <laughs> I, I heard this and I was like, yes, I inject this guy's energy into my veins and I'll explode. And so I'm obviously talking about Jace Coburn, the new head coach at Portland State, bringing a lot of energy to the Pac-12. And that's, that's not the Pac-12. Oh, I thought you were Pac-12 stand. <laughs> They're out there, though. With his energy, though, maybe he's thinking taking them to the new heights. It's one of my favorite things, though, is you saw it with, like, Dan Campbell and the Lions here. Where Eating kneecaps and th- stuff. Yeah, there's these coaches who feel the need at their introductory conference to just put out two points. One, that they're tough mentally yeah. and physically. Yeah. And two – Actually, I don't have a second point. Okay, that's really the only point. Is there your they thoughts, want to your thoughts out, on this? Because I feel like you're 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 getting you're ready to you're ready to shoot him down. You're ready to think he's the most ridiculous thing ever. He, he seems like it. Does he? Do you, how yeah. do you feel about breakfast? You a big breakfast guy? I have a very small breakfast. Yeah. See, I'm not a big breakfast guy, yeah. so I don't I don't see anything wrong with what he said. I don't like breakfast that much. But like, protein bar. But I don't brag about it. But he, he goes into this press conference and he's like, I don't eat breakfast, so that at lunch I'm hungry. It's like, okay, you're intermittent fasting. Congratulations. Yeah, does he have like a late dinner? You think? Yeah. I mean, like, what time does he eat dinner? That's you know, like, are you eating dinner at ten o'clock and then going right to bed? Because sometimes that's my problem. I feel like as I have too late of a dinner, or or maybe I snack and then before you're sleeping. supper, and then I sleep, and then I wake up with a stomachache. Yeah. It's like, well, last thing I want to do now is eat. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's very frustrating, to be honest with you. Now the heat in the car thing. How do you feel about this? Yeah, that, someone, 
As someone who's experienced an entire winter without heat in my car in Fargo, I know a thing or two about toughness. You should be a college basketball coach. I'm tough. You know, I'm really, really tough. <laughs> yeah, he's talking about how he has a 2003 Tahoe. Respect. That has... That's 17 that, years old. 18-year-old car. Yeah, that's impressive. I know miles around I was thing. just about to say. I wonder if he bought it if it was like it was like an old... You know, like generally when you're looking for cars and you'll find, them, like, you'll find the old car and it's got no miles on it. Well, usually it's because there was like a grandma who never mm-hmm. would drive it. She'd drive it to the store or something. Be. So maybe there's only so maybe, 50,000 miles on it? Yeah. Could be. I'm wondering. Yeah. A Hopefully it doesn't have a CVT transmission. Those things are stupid. I have no idea what that means. I don't know. I'm not a car guy. Shit out of 100,000 miles. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. No heat. No AC. So that in the summer, he's always, he's always too hot. And in the winter, he's always freezing cold. So obviously, he's tough. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. You know? You can never be too comfortable. Honestly, though, like, if you want to be miserable, just go to Portland. I feel like that's a horrible place. I heard Portland's fun. I don't know. I know it's gotten different recently with the rides, and obviously maybe they're blowing out of proportion. I've obviously never been out there. But I've heard Portland is a nice place. Really? Yeah. I've been to Portland once. Didn't care for it. But there was a snowstorm. I'm not kidding, though. I'm trying, and I, I don't mean to sound dramatic here. When I was there, I visited Portland, and then I drove up the coast. I think it's Highway 5. Drive up the coast, up to Seattle. And I'm not kidding. I feel like the second I got outside Portland city limits, the sun started shining again. <laughs> That's how I feel about so Portland. So there's just a big bubble of no sunshine yeah, around Portland. I think so. So, you know, if you're going to survive in Portland. Kudos you, to you. You might have to be tough. You might have to skip breakfast. You might have to go without heat. Bring, no. it, Co- bring it, Coach Coburn. <laughs> Here's the thing. I've, I feel like it's almost gotten too cool, though, to knock the, the tough guy coaches. Why is that such a horrible thing to have a coach that's tough? It's just a weird thing. Do, we want, do we want nerd coaches? Yes. Analytic, Why? Analytics, pigs. Maury Ball. Maury Ball. How's that going? I don't know. Who's even with him? He's 76ers, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't have the right team for that. No. Ben Simmons. I mean, they're a good team, team but. I think it's all right. I, th- I like. I kind of like. Do we just we complain about these crazy coaches, but then we also complain about the super boring coaches? What do you want? Now I should mention. I didn't say he's the loser. Okay. Okay. I just remember that in my own mind too, as well. The losers are people who eat breakfast and don't have. Oh. Or no. Yeah. I need to look true. at my notes. Oh, and do have. Yeah, so there. So he's the winner in this. Case. So we're That's subscribing like, to the tough. Maybe. Thing. Yeah. Let's okay. do that. We're refiguring out who we are. <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I don't know. I'm just, you know, unless it's a Casey's breakfast pizza, I'm okay not eating eating breakfast. The people in Portland who listen to this, all zero of them have no idea what Casey's breakfast pizza is. Is Casey's just a regional thing? I feel like it's a Midwest thing. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Yeah. Yeah. It probably extends down to like Iowa area, east yeah. to say Michigan. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I'm curious. How, I'm curious what, what the, maybe what their version of Casey's is. You know, because I'm sure all the... I don't know, like 7-Eleven. Do, do, they, do they have gas station pizza out there? Or is that just a Midwest thing? They did at 7-Eleven. Did they? When I was in California, yeah, they had, they had a 7-Eleven. I, I liked the wings, but I think it was 7-Eleven. I think a West Coast... 7-Eleven of... isn't a gas station, though. Isn't that crazy? Isn't it, isn't it like a Sonic? It's No, it's like a it's like a Holiday or Casey's, but there's no gas. It's just the convenience store. Really? You just go there for food. So it's just a... What was their gas? My mind is blown right now. I know. Ah, they might have gas. Maybe yeah. not all 7-Elevens. 
Yeah. To everyone listening, let us know if 7-Eleven has gas. And your thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Who's like your... and subscribe as well. <laughs> <laughs> Who, who's your big loser, Biggs? All right. My big loser. All right. So, so the big the big news this week outside of the transfer portal was the number one recruit in the 2021 class finally announcing a decision to play at Gonzaga, Chet Holmgren. Oh, Which everyone knew was happening. Or except you thought he was going to G well, he's my favorite player because he's from Minnesota. Right. I am also from Minnesota. Therefore, all players from Minnesota are my favorite player. All coaches from Minnesota are my favorite coaches. All cheerleaders from Minnesota are my – oh, wait, no, I can't say that. My favorite cheerleaders. Minnesota does Iowa. have the best cheerleaders from what I've heard. I've heard Augustana has the best cheerleaders. Uh. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, what, that's my unbiased opinion. Right, right. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways, get rid of your unbiased Minnesota opinion. What do you think of Chet Holmgren? He's really tall and really, really skinny. Yes. He's the number one rated recruit in the country. Um, my loser, though, is everybody else now who is going to have to. You know, we live in this world where we have to try to constantly one up people, right? You you did it this way. Well, then I'm gonna then I'm gonna do it better. You know, and you see this in professional sports. You know, the contracts. Top wide receiver got the the best contract. Next wide receiver, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get a little bit more. Do you think Imani Bates commits with four pictures of himself on his t-shirt? I don't know. That's a that's okay. a great question. I mean, any the loser is basically every new every player from now on who has to try to make a commitment video. Chad Holmgren took an hour mm-hmm. on ESPN to make his commitment video. He rips out, he takes off his sweatshirt, and he's got the t-shirt with a couple of t- with a couple of his own faces. How weird do you think it is ordering that from someone? Like, hey, uh, t-shirt guy. All right, so so here's the thing. Here's the thing. I got I got a t-shirt, slim fit. Okay. Very extra, tall though. Extra, medium, extra tall. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. No, no, I don't. I don't want it to say Gonzaga. Well, you, you put Gonzaga across the top. And I want I want you to put my face kind of on the side of it. I want you to put my face on the middle. And I want to put here, uh, here's the here's the kicker on the left side of it. I want you to put my face. So so three faces. Yeah. Sir. You need three faces, not not two, not one, not four. Three faces. It's wild. How much do you think that costs? Like, do you think you it, did it just like a mall? You know, when you're walking at the mall, and there's it like didn't look that expensive. No, probably not. Thirty bucks with all the personalization. Think Gonzaga kicked that in for it? They're boosters, probably. <laughs> do they have boosters? Probably. Probably. Adam Morrison, John Stockton, <laughs> Blake Step. I have no idea who Blake Step is. What? Blake Step? Yeah, he played at Gonzaga back in the day. I have not heard of that name. Incredible. How how back in the day? Like two thousands, early two thousands. Oh, early. Pre Morrison. Okay. Yeah, that's too far back. Guard. That's too far back. Okay. But how are you gonna how are you gonna one up Chad Holmgren now? If you're a recruit who takes yourself seriously and you can't just you can't just announce commitments on Twitter anymore, you have to you John. We have guys putting out graphics based on the schools that contacted them. Yeah. When, when does it happen that it becomes like? Like a gender reveal party, and say you jump off a trampoline, you dunk it, and then when the ball, the basketball hits the floor, it does like the it explodes poop. in the cloud. That's yeah, the color it, of your team. Yes, exactly. How much longer until we get to that? Is that better than taking an hour on Sports Center decision, yeah. LeBron decision style? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think that is too. I, I, I would do perfect that. in there to make some sort of a weird <laughs> trick shot or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I don't know. It's just tough. I mean, these kids, man, you got to put out a graphic based on the recruit, the schools that followed you. Then you got to put out a cooler graphic based on that. Should have been my winners. Graphic design people that these high school kids. It has. You have to do with. one when you get to your top 
15 and then your top 10. You gotta dwindle it down each top time. Top five, and each one has to be better than the other days. Exactly. And then you have put out a graphic just saying, decision coming soon. And then you have those same top three on there. Yep. And yep. then if you decide to add back one back in, you were at top three before, and all of a sudden you're at top four, there's another new one. See, and you know, I mean, I know, I know, man, I'm going to come off real old here, but the kids these days. You're almost 30. I know. Crazy. Kids these days, they are getting better with, like, apps and technology, right? They're really, really app savvy. Kids are. Mm-hmm. I've experienced this, I feel like, in school. Is it's not they're great with technology. It's they're great with applications. Mm-hmm. They can't be designing all of this themselves, right? I've always envisioned kids going out to like some sort of a some sort of a contractor who, who specializes in this kind of computer design stuff that puts the graphic up there with a cool photo of them looking at something like in the background, and, and you've got you know the Oregon, Arizona, Gonzaga, North Carolina, Duke, all the symbols just all over the thing, you know. That's not them designing it, is it? Tell me it's not. It's got to be a Photoshop thing. They probably have just preset templates, and they can just toss those logos in. So you don't think they're actually like, that's not like somebody that's got his own little personal business that they that they asked to do that? Oh, no, it is. Okay, good. Like, that person's but, the winner here of this week, aren't they? They're making a lot of money. Yeah, they're crushing it. Yeah, we should get into that. T-shirt designing with faces. We just put all sorts of faces all over it. Like the socks yeah. that I got on my wedding with, with Lear's oh, faces. Yeah. Those are nice. That was nice. Imagine Chet Holmgren's socks with just Chet Holmgren's face all over them. <laughs> they debuted in their first game. Talk about building year. your own brand. Yeah, because he's listening to this. So he's going to hear this like, oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. What do you think of Chet Holmgren, the number one recruit? <sighs> Heading to Gonzaga. Gonzaga's best rated recruit ever because, you know, he's the number one rated recruit. It's tough to say. I, he's so damn skinny. Mm-hmm. He might weigh less than me. And I'm 5'6". Okay, maybe not quite. He's probably, what do you weigh, 180, 190? He's listed at 190, I believe. Okay. I don't know. He's so damn tall. He needs to get in the weight room. He needs to go to a few buffets. Does and, he have, yeah, he needs to, like, he needs to get on, like, that 19-meal-a-week meal plan and, like, hit that, hit the cafeteria yeah. big time. I do think he has some some good ball handling abilities, but some of that might just be playing a lesser level than college, obviously, because he hasn't played college. But I think there's this thing with tall, skinny people, if, Sorry, Biggs. If they can run and not trip over themselves, they're all of a sudden very, very talented basketball players. Huge. And it's yeah. just an assumption. For sure. Well, I mean, he has he has done it. He's played in a good – he played at a pretty good high school at Minnehaha where they play the best competition around the state. Um, so, I mean, he's played big-time competition. He played on the AAU circuit with Under Armour. So, I mean, he's, he's done it against people, and, and he's been on, I think, like he's gone to like these, these All-America camps and stuff and, and, and been fine. Um, I also do think his skinniness, like the Anthony Davis comparison is probably going to be there, but I don't know if he's got like the width and like the frame to pack on I think even 50 An- pounds. You know what I mean? Even Anthony Davis when he was at Kentucky, I think was withier. Is that like wider? Yeah. Girthier? <laughs> wider. <laughs> I think so too, but I mean, he also just, you you look at his shoulders and you thought, okay, I can see him. I can see this kid carrying another forty pounds. Yeah, I don't know if Holmgren has that. Now I don't know how much that's going to matter because I, I do think like I always do this thing when I see players and I say like when he looks in the mirror, who does he see? Right, like when you look in the mirror, you see Shaq. Right, yeah, obviously. I think when he looks in the mirror, I think he sees Kevin Durant. So I think he fancies himself more of like a like a swingman, like a three, like a two three. He's maybe. not though. I don't think he is. No, I, I mean I don't think so either. I, I don't think he. I just don't think he's as fluid. I mean he is fluid for a mm-hmm. seven foot kid, but Kevin Durant's just when you're comparing yourself to one of the 
10 best players ever. He's not comparing himself. When people are comparing young kids to that, all you're ever going to be is disappointed. Yeah. You know, I do think he'll be a hell of a college player, and it's not because of his offense. Defense. Uh, his defense is outstanding. Yeah. I mean, he's a terrific. He's got the, the, the mobility and kind of the ranginess to, like, get out and cover on kind of the perimeter. Um, if they have Drew Timmy coming back, like, huh, let's face it. I mean, how many big physical power forwards are there nowadays that can kind of abuse a kid like that? There's just not a lot. Who can match up with those two? No one. I don't think anybody can. No. I mean, the, the only way you can, I mean, I, if you're trying to match up with that, you're not going to win. Like, yeah. Baylor... Baylor beat Gonzaga this past year, and if you're coming out of a coma and you just heard that, sorry, I spoiled it yes, for you. That's true. Baylor didn't out didn't match up Gonzaga mano a mano with big guys. It's like they they have better guards and like their their bigs were more like and they're in their face fire hydrant yeah. kind of stump types. Kispert was never comfortable that game. No, and, and I don't think Timmy was either. And it's not because he had a six ten bigger stronger guy. Well, he was. I mean, it was they were they were smaller and like tougher and quicker and you know more physical, which is where I could see Holmgren having trouble, but when it's all said he's gonna and done, be a one and done. I think he's gonna be fine. When it's all said and done on his college career, do you think he's a top is he the top pick next year? Is he a top three, top five? I have no idea. I couldn't care less about yeah, NBA so. stuff, you know? He's the number one rated recruit. Generally those guys rated that high get picked pretty damn high no matter mm-hmm. what happens. Yeah. He doesn't have to be the best player in Gonzaga's team. He's the best prospect, kind of like Suggs was. But Holmgren, I mean, if they get if they get Timmy back, which all indications are likely that he is coming back. Mm-hmm. If Nembhard comes back, they have Hunter Salas coming in. Hunter Salas coming in, who's like a six or seventh ranked recruit yeah, overall. I think he's overrated too. To Do be you honest think so? Yeah, yeah. But I think he's good. He's still good. Yeah. You know, um, who plays the point for them? Is it Nembhard? As I was say, can Nembhard slide over the point? Well, he played the point at Florida. Yeah. So, but I, I don't think Holmgren has to come in and like be the man. You know, so I, I think it's a I think it's a good fit with him and Timmy. I mean, Holmgren's more of a perimeter kind of guy. He wants to he wants to be out on the perimeter shooting threes, like handling the ball and doing guard stuff. Timmy can kind of do he can play his same role. Um, it's in, it's crazy thinking where Gonzaga's coming from now from a recruiting standpoint. Yeah, and you you know your big loser, which was. Refresh me again. It was people who have people to People have to up. make new commitment videos yes. and somehow top taking an hour on SportsCenter having a t-shirt with three faces on it. Yeah, so that big loser really ended up with us talking for 15 minutes and getting to Gonzaga as a winner for this offseason. Yeah. You know, they... We're off to a great start. They lose Kispert. They lose Suggs. Um, They're going to lose Ayayi. Yeah. But they get um, Salas, who you think is overrated. But I mean, he really—he be, can be I, their I fourth best player. I think he's overrated from the perspective that I don't think he's going to be the sixth best freshman in the country. Right. I, I still think he's a, a really good, like a, a top twenty recruit. Mm-hmm. You know. But yeah, he, he might be the second guy on there. The yeah, their third or fourth best player. Exactly. Yep. And let's not and let's not forget what made, what's made Gonzaga so good for a really long time is not drawing in immediate result five star guys. It's getting those. It's turning the proverbial three star into a four star, right? Turning the proverbial four star into a five star. Turning the two star into a five star. They have other four stars on their roster that just didn't really play last year. Mm-hmm. Julian Strother, um, and I believe it's is it Jalen Harris. I, I know Strother. Strother and they, I mean they had four top one hundred guys in this last class. Well, or maybe three, but. Yeah, with Strother was a four. Oh, the high was a high four star guy out of Nevada, 
And then Anton Watson, who was a sophomore this past year, he hey, was like a top 50 recruit. He's going to be a solid seventh man. Yeah. Six or seventh man. Exactly. Sort of playing that hybrid post player coming off the bench. He'll be your third big. You know, yeah. so you got a great rotation with yeah. Timmy, uh, Holmgren, Holmgren and, and now and now Watson. And now Watson. Yeah. So I mean you got those guys. So I think I think what they do is that their growth, you know, after dark, they the guy these guys get better and progress. And mm-hmm. I mean Joel Ayayi is a great example. He averaged like five minutes a game as a freshman, came out his sophomore year and was like twelve points, six boards, four assists type guy. And it's like who the hell's this? Mm-hmm. Joel Ayayi. They have a ton of those guys every every year. They have something like that. So you know while it's while it's fun to get the shiny new five star toys, they're also they've got four stars who are probably getting better. Yeah, and it's nice to get those guys and get the culture into them, get yeah. them into the program, the get program them into the, guys. get them into you know the weight room, getting like how practices are run. And, and the nice thing is when coaches are able to have a practice that just basically runs itself, mm-hmm. and you can rely on your juniors and your seniors to basically run it for you. Um, so yeah, the cupboard is definitely not bare for Gonzaga next year. No. How do you feel about people not ranking them number one in the preseason because they lost in the championship? Is that weird to you? Who would you put number one? Look, UCLA, I think, is the one getting a lot of the... Does that change if Juzang does, in fact, stay in the draft? It might. Um, They've got another five-star kid coming in in Peyton Watson, who's like a top ten recruit. And now they just picked up your guy, Miles Johnson, from Rutgers, a big man. Yeah, let's get into the transfer portal update. Okay, great segue. So, yeah, that's a great segue. So, yeah, um, there's a few players of noteworthiness. First one Biggs just mentioned is Miles Johnson, who is previously of Rutgers. Just how do I describe him? He's like a Travion Williams from Purdue. Just a, a load inside. He's probably 6'9. He's probably what should he weigh? Is 270, 280? He's a big dude. 260. Yeah. Big lunch failed big guy. Basically yeah. just your throwback like center who's just gonna yeah. get you. Eight points, eight rebounds, actually good defense, sets picks. UCLA has a great example of who Miles Johnson is and Cody Riley. They're basically the same guy. Yeah, Johnson might be even bigger. Yeah. And so, and I don't even know if Cody Riley is coming back or not, but even if he is, that'll just give them a good rotational big guy. Um, worst case scenario, they could at times run both of them out there. Um, and so UCLA will obviously return Tyre Campbell. They will return um, Jaime Jaquez. Jules Bernard. Mm-hmm. And so, and then, I mean, they could really go to having that two post player set up if they wanted. If Juzang comes back, they could have the four, four out guards with just one of those two big men and have those two rotates. Has Chris Smith announced if he's coming back yet? I have not seen. Boy, if he comes back. Who's the other one that got injured? Or, uh, Jalen Hill. Jalen Hill. I don't think he's coming back. Okay. I feel, I feel like I saw something about how he's, he's out. But if Chris Smith comes back, and, and I, I guess I'd be kind of surprised because I think he was pretty close to leaving last year. Um, I don't. He's not like I don't think he's going to get drafted though. Mm-hmm. You know, it might just be one of those kids that is like, you know what, screw it, I'll just take money in the G League. But if he comes back, then you're you're talking. You're you're on that weird kind of thin line where as a coach, it's like, all right, I can't, I don't, I honestly don't want to have too many good players, mm-hmm. which is a ridiculous, like insane way to think, but that's actually maybe the world you're living in now with all these guys who are like, well, I only play in 20 minutes and I deserve to play 25. I'm leaving. You almost, you almost want to not have too many good players. Mm-hmm. Now you leave yourself a little, um, you, know, you could be, you could leave yourself a little short in terms of not having the depth that you want it to sustain an injury or something. Yep. 
But if but yeah, I mean if Chris Smith comes back and Juzang comes back, boy, I mean they could maybe go nine or ten deep, really. Or I mean even just your top eight or nine, your eight or nine is just like insane though. I mean all those you you know coaches like the whole cliche like we we have seven starters. Mm-hmm. You know that's really just the way to keep the stupid bench guys happy because they're like. You know, well, I want to be a starter. Well, Basketball players are all about labels. What's saying in football? If you have two quarterbacks, do you really have one? I don't know. See, in basketball, it's like if you have nine starters, do you really only have three, five, four, two? <laughs> I don't know. You only need five, though. It's true. So if you have nine, like, you could have some really good scrimmages, though. Yeah. And it's not like Maybe well, that's wellness thing. ball where you have too many guys up there. Oh, my God. Let's not get into that. Okay. <laughs> um, some more transfer news. Mac McClung who uh, was previously in the portal but also has still has his name in the NBA draft um, and is going to be going through the tryouts and all that fun stuff, um, actually took his name out of the portal, which isn't too surprising considering that he did transfer from Georgetown to Texas Tech last year, did not have to sit out a year. So if he were to transfer and want to play somewhere right away, um, he would. it'd be very tough for him. He'd have to get some sort of waiver from the NCAA. And so do you think this this make it to where it seems more likely that he isn't going into the NBA? I was just going to ask you, I guess, on the uh, McClung specifically, A, what do you think the percent chance is that he stays in the draft versus comes back to college? I think he comes back. I'd say 70% he comes back. Really? So do you I, think I, he's an NBA player? No, but I, I don't. Uh, that, that doesn't matter. That doesn't him. matter. Exactly. Yeah. I, I actually think it's probably the opposite. I would have said 70%. Really? Yeah. Do you want to like place a bet on this? You have become should, a degenerate. Should we? Should we do? You know how? Do you listen to Purple Daily? I sure do. Okay. Well, no, wait, no. Which one's Purple Daily? That's the one with uh, Not Caller. That's oh no, on, then I don't listen to. Oh, that so one. they do like weekly like stuff like this where they do predictions. Write that down. Write that down exactly, yeah. and they actually come back because like a lot of stations will just toss out these wild predictions and then never come back. Right. But it creates a storyline. You have to. You have to have some accountability. Yes. So we will. Taking it from Purple Daily, write that down. And yeah, we'll do that. All right. I'm going to say 70% of Mac McClung goes to the well, NBA. The percentage of him comes back. Wait, which 70%? What? <laughs> I'm saying he's gone. I don't think okay. he plays another minute of college hoops. Okay. I think he's coming back. What What did we bet then? I don't know. Just, just pride? Yeah, pride, okay. really. <laughs> Sweet. I need more of that. Yes, so you do. I can use a lot more. Your wife takes a lot of that away from you. <laughs> Um, among other things anyway um yeah so but then the other the other part part of your point there was that he's already gotten his kind of one year transferring without sitting uh and that leads into kind of an interesting because there are a lot of guys here in the portal who have already transferred and now they're transferring again and now the ncaa rule is uh, they're granting a one-time waiver right a one-time free transfer so what comes of these guys then who have transferred? This will be this will be transfer number two. I I tend to think. I tend to think, a lot of players. I tend to think the NCAA's stance on this will be, COVID year clean slate that doesn't count. Everybody gets just a blanket waiver because of COVID. So do you think? Do I you think, think the one time transfer him? thing will start now. You think they would have let him do it regardless? Yeah, and there's a lot of guys that are that are in that same boat. Um, Charlie, well, 
Let's see, there's graduate transfers as well, I suppose, that are messing with that. That's different. But from just a local perspective, like Liam Robbins from the Gophers, Mm -hmm. transferred from Drake to Minnesota. And now he's trying to transfer again. Now, now in his case, I suppose they fired the coach. They did. You know, so, I mean, I don't... I suppose that's probably... That would probably be his... His his, uh, hardship, I think. His hardship waiver request. Yeah. Where I guess McClung could have that though in theory too. Because Chris Beard's out. Because Chris Beard's out. So I don't know. I'm I'm curious now. Uh, without without doing a ton of research, I'm curious if there are any players who are just transferring away just because you know I want to transfer again. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about that. But it'll be interesting if they're they're doing the one time waiver thing. So what what does eventually happen? There has to be some sort of. There has to be some sort of limit here. We can't just have guys transferring year after year after year after year. It just cannot be that way. Is this a one-year, one-time transfer? No, I think from now on, this will be like a you-get-one-freebie. You get to make your college choice, and then if you want to transfer, you get one You get one time to transfer without penalty. After that, you have to sit. Do you think that increases coaches playing freshmen over the sort of incumbent starter? Because you see these times where – at my school, not my school, my favorite team, they lose a guy because they played a senior above him. Who see that one doesn't? It wouldn't make sense because then the kid was going to play a lot anyway. This the next year. year, so it's not like that. That logic, I don't know. My, my kids are logical, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't think so. I actually think if if anything, I think coaches are allowed thirteen scholarships. I would be very surprised. I think Villanova kind of started doing this a couple of years ago, where they'll use ten. Or eleven, they don't yeah. want to have too many guys. They want to wait and see who's available. Yeah. So if every school across the country does that, how many scholarships is that? Yeah. Maybe seven hundred scholarships that are just going unused. I don't know. I could I could see that kind of being an unintended consequence of this whole thing. Is maybe some scholarships just don't get used because, because like I was talking about earlier, coaches don't want to have too many players. They don't want to have too many guys that they have to try to keep happy. Mm-hmm. You always want that empty scholarship flexibility where. Um, think about like Oscar Sheebway and Caleb Mills who are leaving in the middle of the year. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're if you're a school that has scholarships to bank, we'll take you now. We'll give you a scholarship now. Now you can play on our team next year, kind of thing. I don't know. Right. I could see that being a thing. What do you think? Um, yeah, I could see that being a thing. Another thing is just the increase in teams building their rosters with the transfer portal instead of actually recruiting as many high school seniors. For sure. Because you get these guys who have had that experience in college. I've had that one one or two years, whatever it may be, with you know having to learn the college game. It is different than the high school game now, Biggs. And so, that. yeah, having to learn the college game and then you get them in and there isn't that sort of, you know, sort of culture shock for them because mm-hmm. they're used to it. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and I, I do think nowadays, I mean, with the amount of money these coaches are making, job pressure is... It's a lot faster. You don't get four years to to try to rebuild your program, mm-hmm. right? Coaches are expected to come in and win now. You don't get to just kind of wait till he gets his guys. Right. You know, that's just not a thing anymore. And and I think if you if you're a coach who's who's feeling the heat a little bit, hey, my team hasn't been good the last couple of years. Oh, let's turn it all over and just rely on a bunch of nineteen year olds. Doesn't work. That's not going to happen. You know, I mean, I, I think a lot of these coaches now are going to start saying, okay, well, screw you then. I'm just going to start recruiting the transfer portal a lot more and. Mm-hmm. Because it is a lot more of a of kind of a known commodity, or at least at least you think it's at least you think it's a little more known. Now, there's less risk, right? Yep. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I do think there's. It'll be interesting to see how that kind of plays out, and 
I do think I do think the numbers are definitely juiced this year. I don't know what the official numbers are anymore. I kind of stopped keeping track of what the number in the transfer portal is. 3,000. Just unlimited. I'm it's, just assuming it's, it's like 3,000 out of the 4,500 or so college basketball players. Half of the players who played college hoops are in the transfer portal. They're very well might be. I think those numbers are juiced this year because of the extra year of eligibility. Uh, game. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like how many guys? Like 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 your like Brady Manic. Yeah, I was just about to say you Brady know, Manic. Who players like, players like that who played Garrison four Brooks. years? Yep, who are now opting into that fifth year, and they're like, well, I'm just gonna play somewhere else. Probably when you know that's and and a lot of graduate transfers too who played four years at a smaller school, and now they're using the the opt out year, the fifth year, basically. Did did they increase the max scholarship limit per team? Considering that having people who have already used up their four years of eligibility normally now have that extra year that really it really does take away from incoming freshmen doesn't it um yeah so if you play on your own team and you like like the Villanova kids like Gillespie and Jermaine Samuels if Villanova were at 13 scholarships and they have four seniors and they think those two are two of them and they sign four freshmen thinking four out four in and those two guys now stay. Mm-hmm. Now you're at 15, right? That math doesn't work. Yep. I'm not even a math expert, and I know that math 15 is greater than 13. True. Those two scholarships don't count. Okay. So you're allowed to go over. Now, in the case of fifth-year guys that are transferring in somewhere using that extra year of eligibility. They do count. That does count. Yep. Okay. So it would be like adding just a regular grad transfer. I got you. Kind. Bigs with the knowledge here. I have no life, <laughs> you know. All right, let's go get into some more transfers. James Akinjo, who is in a very similar situation to Mac McClung, actually very similar, because he also played for Georgetown his first two seasons. He was, yeah. yeah. Um, has just transferred to Baylor, and he's a guy who, you know, like I said, he played two years at Georgetown, played this past year at Arizona, averaged about fifteen points per game, but it's just like Mac McClung. Um, if Mac McClung would have transferred. It's unsure if Akinjo can play right away, um, but just with what you were saying, it sounds like you think that they will just do a you know, one-time transfer this year and that you think he will be able to play. Yeah, that's my guess. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, that's not really based on extensive reporting that I've been doing, you know, talking to all those insiders, but that's my guess. Is yeah, how, how, how's John Rothstein right now? How's he doing? He's actually asleep. He, he says he sleeps in May. He actually is asleep right now. He's a fraud. Fraud. I love calling people frauds. It's one of my favorite I things. <laughs> I, I think that's what's going to happen. So I wouldn't be surprised if Akinjo goes to Baylor. And, and that'll be interesting because, you know, I think they, Jim they lose Be- a lot. I think Jim Beheim was, was one who, when Akinjo was at Georgetown, uh, after a Syracuse-Georgetown game, said something to the effect of, like, you know, they're actually better now since the guy who never passes is off the team. Like, Akinjo was there for the first half of the year as a sophomore, and then he, then he left. Okay. And Georgetown started playing better. Um, and Akinjo, he, he's kind of he's, – he's one of those guys who never saw a shot he didn't like, right? He shoots a lot. He's a ball-dominant guard, and he's not really efficient. He doesn't – he's not a, a particularly good shooter. He doesn't really get his guys involved. You, you look at the stat line, he averages 16 points and, and four assists, and you're like, okay, good player. Look a little deeper, though, it's like – he shoots 37% from the field. That's not very good. Not very good. 63% of the time the guy shoots, he misses. It's not a great percentage. That's almost two-thirds. You know, and when you're shooting a lot, um, not going to win a lot. If you're shooting a lot and not making a lot, you're not going to win. It's going to be tough to win if you shoot a lot and miss a lot. You don't want shooters big. You want makers. That's right. And you don't want bad shooters being the ones who take the most shots. Right. So 
It'll be interesting. I mean, I, I do think there's some talent there. He's obviously not a useless player. Otherwise, Baylor wouldn't want him mm-hmm. because they're the legit. I, I don't think this is like a Baylor goes from being like maybe a 15-ish team next year to like, ooh, top five. They're the best team in the country. They do still lose. If you look at their starting five, it's probably what I see. Jonathan, Chama, Chachua. You probably got a Kendra in there. Matthew Meyer. Yeah, Matthew Meyer. Um, Kendall Fla- Brown, the Flagler. freshman. Is Flagler still there? Yeah, Adam Flagler. Yeah, so like they, they, they lose a lot. So don't expect them. They're gonna be good. Yeah, not 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 national title. I'd say a four seed to come to the final. How many four seeds do you think there are? A lot. How does it say? That, that's usually where I go. That's kind of your safe zone. Is that four seed? Four four to nine. We got Wisconsin. They're Wisconsin. They're next year's Wisconsin. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I'm with you though. I, I mean, I think they'll be good, but. There they are. They're losing a lot. So yeah. All right, who are some other transfers, John? Um, Cam Fletcher, who was at Kentucky, had that. He was the one who had the meltdown. Yeah, the year for them, right? Yeah, and I do you know what happened with that? I know it happened. He got at, like kicked off the team for like a week. Calipari he yeah. had some sort of a big thing, like saying, "Hey, we need him to have a better attitude," and people like flamed him for it. It's like, mm-hmm. why? The kid's being an asshole. Tell him he's being an asshole. And I, I don't know the specifics at all. I don't know if it's a locker room thing. I don't. It might have been an on the bench thing because I know it happened. He wasn't, he wasn't really playing a whole lot for them. I mean, he was like a he was like a fringe. He was like a top seventy five ish recruit, right? Yeah. It wasn't like he was like a one and done, right? Super five star type who's going to come and be the man. So it's not really surprising that he didn't play a ton. Mm-hmm. But I think you know, you know, these kids who are built up and they're telling, they're told all their life, like, no, you're you're awesome, you know. And now the new thing that all the recruits are doing is like, they say, bet on yourself. And he bet on himself, and he Damn. came up came up with uh, what's a crappy hand? I don't even know. Two seven off suit. Yeah, he came up with he bet on himself and he came up with the two seven off suit. Yeah, lost all his money. Right. So well, now he's going to recoup great. some of that money. Hopefully, that's great. You know. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> Look at us. Yeah. So he transfers to Florida State. No, we don't. Yeah, you're right. I don't have any money. <laughs> I lost all my money. <laughs> he transfers to Florida State where, you know, he can definitely get himself into a 10-man rotation, I believe, that you know, Leonard Hamilton likes to run. If you can't play a Florida State, man, like, they'll, they'll play everybody. They're going to have a good squad. Caleb yep. Mills. And then Earl Timberlake, who was at Miami, battled a lot of injuries, another top 100 recruit from this past year, yep. is going to Memphis to play for Penny Hardaway. Um, see what happens there. Yeah, Memphis has been active. I feel like they've added a couple other they guys, have. too. Could they be, like, the next sort of Houston team that sort of gets some of the – like, you know, Houston got Quentin Grimes from Kansas and sort of became a Final Four. Not sort of became a Final Four. did become a Final Four team. Yeah. Could Memphis be in that same boat in the next couple of years? Yeah, I don't know. I, sure. Because they not? got – I mean, they have – They got the Lawson brothers. They got – That's who they got. They, they got, got Chandler Lawson. And, and who's the other his one? His younger brother, I think. But they've lost some guys too. They lost Boogie Ellis. Mm-hmm. What a name, Boogie! It's a great name. That'll be boogies honest. are what I pick out of my nose. We still got it. A... <laughs> are they not? They are. Yeah. You... Do you say booger or booger? Booger. Okay, me too. That's the correct one to say. When we're picking, there our... are some people that I know who say booger, and I'm just like, "What are you doing?" And they're like, "Shut up." When we're picking our all all name team, who's our point guard? Is it Fats Russell or is it Boogie Ellis? Or do we go with the two point guard? Team, you're awfully small if you're playing booger, booger and fats. <laughs> <laughs> Who comes up with these names? Come on, there's no. What's okay. wrong with the name John? There's no way a lot is. There's no way those are their actual names. If you have a fats leaky and booger, well, leaky's name isn't leaky perimeter. either. Okay, Boogie Ellis is Rajon. 
Why don't they name? Why doesn't he just go by Rajon then? What's wrong with the name Rajon? Still weird. Bats Russell is Deron Russell. So we got Rajon, Deron, and Raycon. Yes. All right. I think it's Rajon. Or Rajon. Okay. Leaky, you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's Rajon. Um. Where were we? Memphis picked up Earl Timberlake. Yes. Yeah, a lot of people. There was a lot of hype about him. I know going into Miami last year, people he was ranked somewhere in like that twenty-five to thirty-five range as a recruit. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people thought like that this kid actually could be one of those like a one-and-done type of. He's got that kind of talent. And to your point, he missed a ton of time. Just never really that whole Miami season was just kind of a mess. They've been kind of a mess for the last three, four years now. It feels like. Is it a situation where they? Obviously, Jim Laranig has had a lot of success there, but would they have more success with a new younger coach in there? Maybe. It does seem like maybe they've hit their whatever ceiling Jim Laranaga was going to reach with them. Maybe they've, they've reached it, and now yeah. they're just kind of riding out the string and saying, well, I can't, I can't quite get rid of him yet. It's adorable. Well, and yeah. I would give them a, a little benefit of the doubt last year. They had a lot of injuries with uh, – I think that's their second or third Chris, year now. Chris Likes and uh, Cameron Mugusty were both injured a Tim, lot last year. Timberlake, too. Yeah. You know, and and, and this year Brooks, I believe, was hurt mm-hmm. a lot as well. The big guy and they up. had – what Wong, I can't think of it. Isaiah Wong – Sort of broke nice out for them this year, yeah. but I mean, it could have just been a Was situational thing. Nobody else, someone has exactly. to break out. Someone has to score points. Someone has to take shots. Yes. Yeah. No, I think Timberlake will be interesting. And, and you're right, Memphis, they're losing some guys with, with Boogie Ellis. DJ Jeffries is gone. Um, I don't know who else is Lance Thomas, maybe another one of their role guys. Damian Baugh. So it's just like Penny's trading a whole new squad. I don't know. Penny, I don't, I don't think he's all that good of a coach. His name is actually not Penny either. Anthony. Anthony. So do you think people would feel the same way about – do you think people just like saying Penny? Like, do you think if he was literally just referred to by everyone as Ann Fernie Hardaway, do you think he would even be the coach at Memphis? This is a, this is a thing that I always think about with, with names. You think it's a name thing? So yeah. who, who else is an example of possibly coaching because of their name? Ooh, I haven't thought about the, just coaching, but there are there are definitely athletes, I feel like, who people think they're they're way cooler because of just Like Sh- Shaka Smarts. Shaka. Yeah, yeah, if his name was like Mitch. <laughs> Like his name was like Mitch Smart. Right. I don't know. I don't know either. I'm trying to think of some other names here. Yeah. Let's do a final four of names. We've got two of them already. Okay. Buzz Williams. Ooh, that's a great name. He's a good coach. He gets very sweaty, too. He does get sweaty. I yes. love Buzz Williams. <laughs> He's got a way deeper voice than you'd think he has, too. I think we're getting off the rails here, Biggs. <laughs> I think so. We're getting a little loosey-goosey. Biggs, I got the fourth number one seed. Okay. Future Zion Williamson as a coach. Ooh. I'm actually heading out to Utah here in a month, and we're going to check out the national park named after him. Oh, Zion. Yeah, I know. I'm excited. Don't even believe it. Uh, you can't prove that. <laughs> Thanks. You got anything else? Not off the top of my head, John. We could talk college basketball all day long, but let's be honest. I've got a sleeping dog here who looks very tired, and I should probably get her home. Yeah, she did piss on the bed here pretty quick, I think. Yeah, she peed on mine. Really? Yeah. Are you sure it wasn't the other female in your life? It might have been. That's yeah, <laughs> possible. Yeah. All right, we'll get out of here. Um, we haven't posted an article for a while. Yeah, what's up with that? Uh, yeah, I don't know. MidcourtMadness.wordpress. <laughs> MidcourtMadness.wordpress.com for, I mean, we have a cool homepage, so that's cool. True. What's our Twitter again? Where can uh, you find all that stuff? That is at MidcourtMadness. Okay. And so check all that out, and we will see you guys sometime. Boom!